Hey everybody, welcome to another episode um, in which we are recording with a very interesting recording setup, so I hope it works out for everybody. Uh, Grace is here again, uh, if you want to say hi, Grace. Yeah, hi. Um, today's, the, t- the topic of today's podcast is what is love, in which we try and discuss what love is, what it means to different people, um, and just really try and if you were to define love to somebody who had never been in love, how would you define love to somebody who's never been in love? Or how would you define love based on your own experiences of love? I think that's what we are discussing today. What, what's okay. your, what, do you agree with that topic there, Grace? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Okay, cool. Well, do you want to go first or should I should I go and give my... Definition. I think you should go first. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So sometimes I have this running joke where I I'm talking to someone's kid, right? And mm-hmm. and 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 the child is like, "Hey, Oz, like, what what is love?" And I say, I have this answer, which I say in a really smooth way. I'm like James Bond or something, right? I say something like, "Love is this thing where you mean nothing to a lot of people." And then you finally mean everything to one person. So that's that would be like my James Bond, like smooth definition of love to a kid who's who has no idea what love is. That's how I would Has describe it. Ever actually asked you? No, I've not been in this situation. That's why it's kind of like a fantasy hypothetical. Yeah, because how come you have that figured out already? <laughs> <laughs> like you're waiting for it to happen so that you can say that. Well, that's that's part of being James Bond smooth, right? Is that you right. have things figured out, and then later you just execute on them, right? Right. So. It's like me with the zombie apocalypse. Exactly. That's it. Okay. So <laughs> you right. have to have it figured out, and then you execute. So I, I think the reason I describe it this way is because from from my I think when you're a kid, you 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 think that love is this thing that you just immediately execute. And I, I think that's because you're watching all these movies or something like that. And these movies are telling you that the first person that comes into your life in some kind of fantastic situation, if it's like Aladdin and Jasmine or something like that. Like I always when I was a kid watching movies, I felt like the first the first experience you had of love was going to work out. Right. And like for the rest of your life. Sure. Like forever. I mean, because wow. the, the movie was over and that was just. It just kind of worked. Like the very first chance you had, both people instantly made it work, and it just worked forever, right? Right. So as as, as naive as that was, it, I it that's kind of the impression that I had in when I thought about love in as something I would define. So right. my definition to to kids, and that's kind of where my whole definition comes from, is that. Um, I'm trying to express the fact that there could be all these times where it doesn't work out and then it finally does, which is something that I didn't really understand, but now I believe I have a deeper understanding of. So, hmm. that's, that's, that, that's, that's my take. Um, but what, how do you know when you, when you're in love with someone? How do you know when you're in love? I, I think sometimes you want to be in love with someone before you know you are in love with them. Um, or I, 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 well, do you ever, okay, I think the first step is wanting to be in love with somebody, right? You, you have this desire to be in love with them. And then you believe yourself to be in love with them or, or you feel love towards them. Or, 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 or you're in the state of love. I think in love is a very kind of, in, it's, it's more intense. So you get into this intense state of being in love with somebody. And so you're, you're in love with them. And, and, but then do you, you can be in love, but do you know that the love exists between the two of you? Is it real? I think you can have experiences of love. I, I so if I try and think of times when I'd be, there's a difference between being in love and loving. 
Right, right. I, I, I think when you're in love, you can have these ultra simple experiences like sitting on a beach or like sitting at a park bench or walking to the grocery store. Like I, I remember there were times when I was in love with somebody and we would walk for a few blocks and I still remember walking those blocks now. I remember exactly where I was, exactly what it felt like. And we were just doing something very mundane, like walking a couple blocks from one place to another to like the grocery store or something. But I was so in love that even something that simple was a memory that I would always have. Right. So I, I, I think the state of being in love is kind of, it's, it's, I don't know how to express it, but it's, it's, it, 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 it kind of validates it, it, it imbues even the simplest experience with this layer of just wowness. So. But isn't it more temporary as well? More temporary in, in, in what sense? Compared to love. Being in love versus, well, I, I think you have to be in love to experience love. Do you not? No. Because love, it's not, you, you don't necessarily just love a person you're with. You can love a family member, a oh, friend. Oh, I, I, we're, we're not talking about, yeah, I, I, I love my Apple mouse because it's the best mouse I've ever used. Yeah, we're talking about romantic love with another person here, right? Right. Yeah. But you can love someone without being in love with them. In a romantic sense? Yeah. Generally, the hope is that that comes afterwards, right? The, the idea is that you start off being in love and maybe you can just end up loving them. But the, the idea is that in love comes before love. That's kind of the process, usually. Well, I've been told by someone that he was not in love, but loving me. So. But at, at, at first he was in love with you, correct? No, he never was in love, but he said, I'm not in love with you, but I love you. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. I, I, um, yeah, I'm not sure how someone would be, would love you and never be in, in love with you because generally you want to, to have a love that lasts for a long time. I think you want to start at a point where you're in love with somebody. Maybe we don't understand it the same way, maybe because the barrier language, mm-hmm. um, language barrier, however, uh, whatever, because <laughs> um, the way I see it, like you love someone means you love their personality, the, you love spending time with them, just yeah. them as a person. And then when you're in love, it's, you know, when, when scientists say that like love is a chemical and it only lasts three years, right. I feel like that's being in love. And then love is more like an appreciate appreciation of the person's presence in your life that you don't want, um, and you wouldn't want someone else in that position. You'd like that person and where where they are, where they stand in their in your life. Yeah, I'd 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 agree with that definition. I'm just saying that this three years of euphoria that you're talking about that comes mm-hmm. before, right? Really? I the, honestly, the goal is to have the in love be forever. I, I think in in the ideal sense, if you think about the most ideal sense of love, you want it to be something where the person is in love with you, and that's kind of the state that they maintain for 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 the longest period of time, right? Mm-hmm. And, right. and and if you can be in love with someone for your whole life, I think that's that's the holy grail, right? So, do you think it's possible? I actually could have done it when I was like really the first time I was in love. Um, the first and the second time I was in love, I a hundred percent could have done it forever. So, the 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 first time it ended because the girl's parents didn't want us to be together. And the second time it ended because, um, because, why did, yeah, because, because, because I thought it was replaceable. 
So I didn't want to fix the thing that had occurred because I just thought, oh, I will find this again. But that specific, that specific version of what I, what I didn't really understand is that the specific version of love you have with somebody is never replaceable. And I, I, I'm not sure what my view was, but yeah. So I, I, I didn't understand how irreplaceable certain specific elements of being in love with somebody in a certain way, how, how you can't replace those things. You can have something different, but I just thought love followed a pattern and that, oh, I'll, I'll be experiencing this pattern again, so it doesn't matter. But the reality is that I was never going to experience that pattern again. Right. But like, you don't really know what would have happened if in both cases you would have stayed longer. Like m maybe 15 years later, you would have stopped loving them. I don't think... No, because I had an absolute belief that it was possible. Well, I... I don't think that's a valid argument because in anything in life, you, you could you could say that in 20 years, will the earth still exist? Like in, in 30 years, will X, Y, Z? Like I, I think it, can you evaluate in that state? Oh, actually, you know what? Okay, just taking this all back, I would probably add the third time and and the fourth time. No, no. Okay. Mm, okay. Ugh. Okay, wow, that's a really interesting question because what what happened with the first two times is I was I was I was kind of like a kid, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't really have much life experience. So right. as I got older and I had I had a couple times where I fell in love when I was older, I understood I, I think the thing I started to learn or trying to understand was how much people's environment can change who they are or how much people going through an, 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 like some, some strong adult experiences can change who they are. Right. And I don't think I understood that deeply enough um, when I was young. So my evaluation of how possible a continuous love in a, in, in a continuous state was, 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 I guess, in, 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 in a sense, the understanding of a child. I was almost like a kid. I was more like, oh, yeah, I could say I was like a kid thinking, okay, if I, can, if I can feel the potential of sustaining this state forever, then I can do it forever. Okay. Yeah. So it, it, it was interesting. I, I, I don't know how I would describe that, whether I would describe that as being like optimistic or like youthfully optimistic. But I, I, I didn't understand how very basic elements of adulthood could change people, right? Because, yeah. because the elements of adulthood are very different from, from the element of like being in high school or something. Because it's just very different in how intensely it, it can affect and change people. And so yeah. when that person goes out and they have this experience in adulthood and they come back to you, and, and they're fundamentally different... How does that now change the way you are and what you believe? Mm -hmm. Because now your experience of love might be totally different, like completely different, right? Okay. So, 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 so even if I would want, so, oh, okay. Even if I, I would believe that I could love this person in, in, in this particular state, if they totally changed and were in a different state, I would still be capable of loving the person in the previous state, but I wouldn't be capable of loving the person in the new state the same way. So technically, yeah, I could tell myself like, yeah, I'm capable of loving this person forever, but in this particular form, right? Right, okay. Yeah. But then you, you, you evolve as well. It's not just them. It's you on, on at this certain point of your life that loves that person at their certain point of their life in their that form of theirs but you're also evolving that's true and and the person <clears throat> you become may not like the person 
you were with at the beginning you might you might evolve with the other person and then perfect you're mm-hmm. both going you're both going in the same direction uh but if you evolve and they don't you might not like who they are anymore or if you evolve and they do as well you might not like the new version of them and they might not like not like the new version of you or you, yeah so there's different options That's true. That's true. The the evolution of people, the changing in context, the changing in times. I I sometimes think about, you know, people could say what is love, but let's say let's say two people are are loving each other, right? And right. and they're loving each other, but but beside them technology is changing at a very rapid pace, right? Right. So communication like i i think about people who started being in love before the really the real push advent of social media right and then now let's say you're in high school before social media you guys met your high school sweethearts but you both had like ex crushes in high school right so before social media like those people wouldn't necessarily be in your life that much not not in a visual way right where where you yeah. would see them as much and viscerally connect with them. But now with social media and this connection and this ability to just look up people, people from your past can be in your life in a different way that maybe they they were not before, right? Yeah. So it's it's very interesting to think, okay, these people are in love, they grew up, but now their high school crushes are back and are back as a presence in their life in a way that they never were before. So it's just, it's a very interesting thing to think about how you have love between people, but you also have a changing, these changing rivers and these changing tides around them, right? Do you think this new technology, all the new apps, the new the, the social media, do you think it makes it harder to be in a committed relationship? <laughs> you know... This is such an interesting question that I think people ask a lot in in a very basic kind of general sense. People are always wondering, is it really the case that um, is is it really the case that that this makes it difficult? I it's so tough to answer in, in a in a in in a new way because I think in a very basic sense you want to say your actions only reflect your character. If if you have more options, your character has more options to choose between to be itself, right? So this is a very interesting concept. Like, if my character has three doors to choose between, right? Versus if my character has, like, five or seven doors to choose between, right? Does, Does it... If you have three doors to choose between, is your does your character have more more or less integrity than having seven doors to choose between like it's 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 just very i i don't know it's a very interesting question like are we if if okay if you say no to s- seven times the temptation does that make you better than saying no to three times the temptation do you have a better character like is it's kind of you're measuring the good of of a human being or the commitment of a human being mm-hmm. and it's so it's it's do you have to work harder to achieve a higher level of character now because you have more options um i i think that's kind of the measure so i don't know if it makes it more difficult or easier i i just think it almost makes you redefine what it means to have good character right right because you have to ignore seven doors not three right right just just like i think having having less options people say okay does having more options make it harder to be more committed but i think also having fewer options made it harder to be committed in its own way because let's say you're in love with someone 80 years ago and you wanted to get in touch with them. What did you do? You wrote them a letter, right? You had to get on a horse or at some point or get on a train or get on... Just 
mean, like imagine people had to maintain love through a world war and they were in two separate countries, right? Or maintaining something that deep and fundamental is also has its own difficulty, right? Right. And, and I think that that's also really hard because I think the interesting thing about that is you had to fantasize about somebody in a very different way. Right. And I was actually thinking about this recently. I was like, you meet somebody new, you get their phone number, you start texting, right? Uh-huh. How much are you really fantasizing about this person? Like how, how much of a state do you have to maintain to actually feel in love with this person, right? Whereas, let's say all you could do, you go back 120 years, all you could do is write this person a letter give it to somebody and you just pray that they get it. But that's the person you're in love with. Right? You 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 have no photos, you have no selfies. You just have to maintain this pure state of heightened imagination to be in love with somebody. Right. That to me is such an interesting concept. Because sometimes I honestly have problems connecting with people if I don't see enough, like, photos of them because I just forget what they look like, you know. It sounds really, like, basic, but I just, I don't know, I just lose connection because I just forget. Because the world is so visual, you're so used to visual stimulation that that I just, yeah, I'm just like, well, I kind of, I just, I I don't know how to connect with you anymore. (laughs) So, well, I don't feel that way personally because um, there was a guy I worked with at some point that I had a crush on, and mm-hmm. he, he he wasn't often working there, so I wouldn't see him for for months. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't on social media at the time; I didn't have his number or anything, so I would just see him like once every three months. But that was fine for me; like I didn't care. Really? I didn't need to, yeah, no, I didn't need that to see him or even talk to him to maintain the crush. Wow. That's, that's respectable. I, I probably couldn't do something like that. I, not really. (laughs) But at what, how old were you when you started using social media? Um, I guess when it first came out, I don't know. I mean, I've always used it in some form or another. So, right. yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that on social media though. I, I would put that just on, on my own personality. I think it's because I, I, I spend so much time working with things that aren't visual, like computers or data or something like that. Mm-hmm. That that my whole thing with people is to try and understand them as people, which for me is like a very visual thing, right? To understand the person as a person, you need it to be visual? Yeah, because I don't want to understand them as data. (laughs) Like, if that makes any sense. I I just, I I, 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 I want to use my visual perception to to understand that they're a human being. Right. Because... If not, I'm just processing it as if it's just another data input, which I don't really want to do. I like I, I, I think the distinguishing factor is, oh, hey, you're a human being. I can process you visually and experientially as a human being. Even a video call for me is a real like is kind of essential for connection because I'm like what that that human interaction differentiates you from just another data input right i cannot get those references because that's just not oh it's not my field i don't to be honest i like i hear you but i don't know how you can process someone as data well because i feel like a machine can can imitate so many, like, quite a number of things about a human being. But but there are certain things that it cannot do. Like the actual, what I would call, like, this soul embodiment, motion, visual feeling of a person. Right. Have you seen the Japanese robots? 
Yes, I have. Yeah. Because they look superhuman. Perceptually, yeah. Or they look visual. I mean, they look human, but they don't have the the like the ethos of a human being. The actual there's a movement. There's a certain whatever you want to call the soul. Whatever this thing is imbued in human beings, like this, this, this random neurological action that you call human movement, but there's an unpreplanned nature to it. And I think that unpreplanned nature gives it this like dynamic humanity. And, um, and yeah, to, to me, that's an essential part of, of love because you're, you're having this kind of like, I would call like these like micro neurological perception, motion, unplanned, ex- unplanned micro experiences that just constantly add up and combine together to become a human being. Right. So it, 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 it's actually the very thing that, that in many cases causes love to end because those experiences just the other person, it gets to the point where the other person was intrigued by those things. And then at some point they can't stand them or they can't understand them. And, and so they're just like, well, I just, I, there are too many of these put together in a certain sequence that I can't understand them anymore. And, and I need to leave. Like I've, I've had enough of this. So, so that's actually where to me, love becomes this magic, magical force, right? Because if you want to define human beings as being like kind of having this, this, this random act and, 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 and nature element that makes them human, then love is the ability is, is kind of the ability to, to string all those random things together and, and believe that they are something absolutely beautiful and unique in one particular person. Right. Right. And then when you stop being in love or your love fades or something, it's when you start to see these random neurological strung together elements of a person as not being harmonious. They actually seem disharmonious to you. They, there's like an incongruence and you're, they're not pleasing anymore. And it could be the exact same things that the person did before, but all of a sudden you're just like, ah, I'm over it. Like it's, it's not for me. Right. So yeah, that's interesting. That's almost an interesting way to, to, to define love, I think. So, um, do you, do you, to come back on what you said about options, Mm -hmm. um, there was a study where they, Offered people there were two stands with uh, jam on okay. the in a supermarket, and one had very few options, and the other one had plenty. Okay, and people could taste it and then buy some of the the products that they liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the stand that has less option is the one that sold the most. And they they say that it's because when people are confronted to too many options they tend to be very passive mm-hmm. and not do anything oh yeah this is so true this is i i 100 believe that i 100 believe that so actually an interesting thing on, on dating apps right mm-hmm. is i had someone um actually I, i'd never used dating apps before and keep i've never been on a date where i've actively found a person on a dating app it's just, it's never happened, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes people, you'll, you'll message, like, okay, this, you, you'll message somebody on a dating app, they'll message you, and then they'll actually go and spend time posting pictures about ridiculous responses that they've had on a dating app, right? And, and I just find this really funny because you could actually be trying to find something real on the dating app. Like when I was in the dating app, I was trying to find a real connection with somebody, but that same person was like using these kind of like ridiculous messages they got on the dating app to go and gain some, some kind of like social interaction on, on, on their social media. Right. Right. Like, oh, should I message this person who sent me this ridiculous message? The answer is obviously no. 
But the fact that you went to the process of screenshotting this, putting it up there, going through this whole thing, it it really goes into what you're talking about, which is you give people so many options, it becomes a game, right? And 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 I, I actually think this ties into this this idea of how do people define love at, at, at different areas in their life, right? Or different eras. So when you're starting out, you believe that love is, maybe you believe, oh, love is readily accessible or something like that. Or I have, I have an infinite amount of chances to actually fall in love with somebody, right? Maybe that's because your, your equation or your calculation of love is very short. You, you believe that the time between meeting somebody and being in love and having confirmed that, the, that that love is real is like three months, right? But you fast forward 10 years and you're like, whoa, like I have to meet somebody, know them for two years, live with them for one year, do this. And then, then we really have something real because there's so much more responsibility later, right? Right. So it's just an interesting scenario. Like I think love can be people you could say what is love to somebody and they'd be like oh they're at a certain age and they're like oh love is a game you play where you can win really quickly and it doesn't matter if you lose because you can just win really quickly again right that sounds like quite an asshole would say sorry i cursed um no not not necessarily uh uh you know uh, uh that I think people say this, for example, let's say you're in high school or something, right? And, mm-hmm. Or you go, you go on a date with somebody to prom, something like that, and you're like, oh, the person says they, they feel love towards you, something like that. Because everybody is in such maybe a positive, because you don't understand all, all the gravity of life yet, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're, maybe your slate is so clean, your, your, your heart is so clean, you're just like, oh, well... It, look at how fast this happened. It can happen this quickly again, right? And, right. and I, I don't mean it in a sense like people are just d- like dumping people or whatever. I just mean like, oh, it, okay, we fell in love, but we went to different colleges. Or it doesn't matter. I'll fall in love with somebody else at, at my new college, right? right? And then, you know, that person transfers after second semester. And you're like, oh, you know what? I'll fall in love with somebody else the next semester, right? Right. But then now you got a job and you're working like, you know, your first 60 hour a week and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm really tired, right? Like, I don't have time to just go fall in love again because I'm working 60 hours a week now. I have to sleep. I'm exhausted. So the one night you go out after, after your first six months on your first job, you meet somebody, you're like, oh man, okay, let's maybe put some more effort into this thing because I don't know when I'll have time off again to go out and fall in love, <laughs> right? So sometimes it's, it's not even in a negative. It's just like people... You're young, you think, oh, time to love is like 0.54, right? Then you get older, you're like, wow, like time to love is like 5.4, right? So the, it's just a different calculation. Good first experience in order to feel that way. You have to have a good, that's true, that's true. Uh, Yeah, or, or, or just be a really resilient person, right? So I, I heard an interesting story, like someone was talking, they said, they were talking about their first kiss and someone asked them, hey, what is your first kiss like? They were like, oh, it was terrible. And then, and then they were like, they asked, what did you do? And the person was like, well, I just redid it. I just, I just tried the kiss again and it was better the second time, right? right. We, we were the same person. Yeah, we just tried it again. So I'm not saying you know, people go back and forth or anything like that. I'm just saying that. Sometimes really resilient people can just say, hey, that was a bad experience. I'm going to totally try it again, right? Right. So. Yeah, but then you don't think you, if, if you go out with someone when you're young and it takes a lot of effort, you're not going to be like, I can get a great relationship anytime I want. You're, you're going to know it's not that simple as, you know, people come and go and you're going to love one day and the other day you're going to love someone else. Right. That's so true. I, I think if you have those kinds of things, then it definitely changes your view of, of, of what love is and how easy it is to access it, right? So sometimes I wonder about people who are living in, in very um, kind of like uh, pr- high, high pressure uh, manufacturing work environments. 
So I think about these large factory structures in, let's say, a country like China or something where a lot of people are grouped together living in this like compartmentalized housing and their only job is to kind of wake up and work six, seven days a week on these long shifts, um, doing something very, some very repetitive labor, right? E- even in this case, I know there are a lot of people who fall in love and who just have in the hour or two that they have before they go to sleep, they have this intense romance for each other, right? Right. And I think that must be really interesting because imagine like you're, you're, you're on the conveyor belt doing the same thing every day and you see this person for a few hours and maybe on the one day a week you guys get off. But that's your, that's your life source. That's, that's, that's the emotional beauty in your life, right? Yeah. That love, even though it's in such a confined environment must feel very interesting because it must feel like a relief for a few hours a week. Yeah. Like, like, like a relief and, and maybe the way you hold or value that love is, is heightened by your situation. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you, you, um, you just, you're in that point. I think this happens a lot when you travel, like, I think sometimes when you travel and you meet somebody and you're with them for a period of time, mm-hmm. you you just feel this suspended state where you're like, you're away from your everyday, they're away from their everyday, and you can just kind of connect in, 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 in a way where those things are not around you every day, right? Have you had that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think when, when, when you, tr- I wouldn't say I was in love with it with, with people in that context. I would just say I would, I, I loved the sense of possibility that we were both in this state of just, whoa, I, I don't even, it's not that anything was false. It was that look at what it's like to experience something in a very specific time, in a very specific context. And then just, just leave, right? And 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 know that, yeah. If we were to actually try this, we would have to incorporate our love hypothetically into our real our real world lives, right? Our jobs, our this, our that. But in the moment when we were both there, we were away from those things. So this feeling between us didn't have to exist in a real context in a real context, it had its own little heightened state, right? It was almost right. like, a, it was like a cocoon, you know? Like a what? Uh, cocoon. Like the, th- okay. yeah. And so it's always going to kind of result in a butterfly because it's this kind of little perfect state for a second, right? But then you don't know how long butterflies live. And I mean, I, I, I have no idea. So. It depends on the type, yeah. Yeah, so, so it, it's a thing of beauty, but will it last? Who knows, right? Yeah, so I've actually taken a photograph of a of a butterfly that was just no. It it was absolutely perfect in its beauty, but it was no longer like a, a butterfly. It was just perfectly still, and it it really reminds me of this kind of thing where you can have something. That's perfectly beautiful. And then you just, you just leave it perfectly still. And it just stays like that forever. Yeah. So it was dead? Uh, I, I mean, yeah, you, you, you could use that word if you'd like. Yeah. When, what do you mean uh, use that word if I like? Well, I, I just, I don't like to use that word. So I just use like perfectly still. So <laughs> okay. that's, that's ambiguous though. I know I'm purposely being ambiguous because I, I want to, I don't want to like take away from the beauty of it. So. Well, the, the, who said there cannot be beauty in death? No one did. No one did. Right. I, I, I just, yeah. With that particular butterfly, I just, it, it was so perfectly still that I felt it, it kind of ties in what I'm saying is that you, so let's say you go, you have an experience with somebody, you leave it there. It's not over, right? 
it just it 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 exists in that state and it'll always be there like perfectly still you just left it there right and if you guys were to really be in love you'd have to go and be in love in your regular lives right but in that moment it was perfectly still and and it didn't end it just it kind of exists over there in this perfect stillness right yeah I, t- to me that's really beautiful because you could say what is love it's sometimes it's this thing that you just have and it's there and you leave it and it's just perfect but you left it and it it doesn't end it just exists over there and it's you know yeah it's very interesting right it's almost another butterfly is not going to stay like that forever eventually there's not going to be anything left of it but in my memory it's going to be like that forever right right yeah if you don't see it yeah i guess yeah and and that's the thing those those moments are so it's such a random alignment that you'll probably never actually have that same alignment again right right so yeah very interesting well let me see what else what else do we need to define about love We've covered a lot. Oh, uh-huh. Polygamy. Polygamy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. What's your take on this? I know you have a perspective on this because you're, you're big on monogamy, right? Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind it. It's just as long as everyone agrees. But then I've never met someone that was in relationships with different people. Mm-hmm. I've just met one person that was in a relationship with one person and was sleeping with other people and was calling it an open relationship. But to me, it just, um, it, it, it was more like an excuse to sleep with other people and not just that one person. Like to me, it was just lust in a way or mm-hmm. whatever, wanting to experiment or like just not sleeping with that one person. But it, it's not the same as being committed in relationship with different people. Right. I see. Because and I don't know. I've never, I've never met someone like that. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it's possible or not. It sounds like a lot of work to me. Like a lot of work. Yeah. Because just being in a relationship with one person is a, is, is a, it's a lot. And then being in a relationship yeah. with multiple people is even more work. But I, yeah. I think what I've learned from people who I know that have been in that is that you do it if it gives you some kind of like satisfaction, some deep pleasure, right? Because like emotionally? Emotionally, physically, um, yeah, emotionally. If, if, if you, if the actual input of both including the work ends up being higher than the input of one, then, then it's worth it for you, including the work, right? And, and the only way that the output is greater, including the work, because you're kind of doubling the, your work, right? Somehow yeah. is maybe you didn't love one person intensely enough, but also maybe you actually enjoy that process of accomplishing loving or caring about two people. Right? Like, it's like, the question is, what does a person view as an an accomplishment? Right? Some people view um, the actual effort of being able to care consistently about two people completely as an accomplishment. Right? Right. So they put that down in their their book and they're like, oh yeah, I guess what I did. Like, I really cared about two people. Whereas some people are like, that sounds like a lot of work to me. Like, I, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, how, how would you define monogamy today? In, in today's world? The same as before. You just stay, you have just one person you're committed to. One person that you fantasize about? Or one person that you have? I mean, what do you mean by committed? In a relationship. Okay, so you're in a relationship with somebody 
but they also fantasize about somebody else. Is it a monogamous relationship? But they're only having sex with you, but they fantasize about somebody else. I mean, if it's Scarlett Johansson, I completely understand how you seen her. Okay. So fantasies are okay in monogamy? Like fantasies yeah. about somebody else? Yeah. I guess as long as, as if it's someone um, that's not in your in that person's everyday life. Like a co-worker, that would be really tricky. But isn't that just a fantasy? If they never act on it, isn't that just a fantasy? Yeah, but it's a fantasy, but it, there's way more chances that it could happen. Because if it's a fantasy, the other person just has to say, hey, you know what, actually I'm interested too, for it to have a bigger chance to happen. Then if it's just a Scarlett Johansson and the person is never going to meet her anyway. Okay, so that's interesting. So the, the the fantasy just has to be an unattainable fantasy. Given all regular yeah. circumstances, the fantasy should be unattainable. Yeah. Is it is it unattainable because Carl Johansson is a celebrity or because she's also married? Uh, she's not anymore. Okay. She got a divorce. Okay. You should you should know this. <laughs> Clearly, uh, she's not in my fantasy book. Yeah. Uh-huh. And both of those answers, anyways. Okay. So Considering she would still be married, still both. So if I fantasize about, like, like a lower-tier celebrity, so to speak, no offense to any celebrities, that is attainable, <laughs> that is not monogamy, right? Like, like let's say I fantasize about a, a, a woman on Instagram who has a lot of followers, but who... Who hypothetically I I do have a chance with or something, right? And I'm in a relation. Like, is that non-monogamous now? Because you know, I could probably calculate the the possibility. It it could, you know, one crazy night in Los Angeles, it could happen, right? Is that now not monogamy because it's a lower tier celebrity, so to speak? Well, it's not the same as seeing the person every day at work and actually being there and talking to them okay okay hang on the celebrity comes into my gym where i work out at the lower tier (laughs) celebrity and i fantasize about her from a distance right is that monogamy or not monogamy now i'm not saying it's not monogamy i'm saying it might be a problem in the couple in the relationship okay but but it's still monogamy right yeah, as long as you don't actually do anything, it is monogamy. Okay, okay. It's just tricky. It, it makes the relationship a bit more complicated. Interesting, interesting. I mean, it depends how how much you trust the other person and how much you trust yourself. Right. And how much you are committed. Mm-hmm. So it could go perfectly right, even though Nicki Minaj comes up to your office and puts her butt in your desk and say, give it to me. Right. You could choose to not do anything and just leave. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, <clears throat> so you mentioned, you mentioned trust. Do you think trust is a part of love? Or how does trust relate to love in your view? I'm not sure you can fully love someone if you don't trust them. Okay. I actually, I actually have a different view on this. I it's think that love is unconditional. Wait, right? wait. You're saying that that's my view? No, I said they say uh-huh. that love is unconditional. That's what people want. Although, I mean, there's always basic conditions like you know, honesty. And, those sort of things that everyone wants, but no mm-hmm. one really gets. Um, <laughs> what? Who who is completely honest in the relationship? Like completely honest from the beginning till the end of the relationship. That never has told a single little lie at any point. Well, I don't know about a, like I'm talking about like significant lies, like I'm talking about. In general, everything, all of it. When you say that you're late because uh, someone passed out in the street, when you're actually just late because you're late. 
and that's the way it is. Okay. So does that make someone untrustworthy or does it just make them human? I'm just saying we're looking for things that we can't do and we can't get. Okay. Complete honesty, because a lot of people say they want their partner to be fully honest. It's not true. Mm-hmm. Okay, like sometimes they want their partner, if they ask them a question, to lie? Not lie, but, you know, don't say everything, all the details. But I like if, I, if, I, think like that's... A man, if, if a man admits that he cheated on his wife, mm-hmm. like he doesn't have to describe in which positions, you know. Unless she wants to hear that, right? Because... Well, she can ask, but maybe she thinks she wants to know, but she actually doesn't want to know. Okay. Okay, so... I think fundamentally, you're talking about, like, fundamental truths versus, like, like kind of, like, pleasant... Like, just making life more pleasant for somebody else, right? I, I, I think there are cases where people have maintained relationships where fundamental truths between them are never lied about, right? I, 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 I think that's reasonably possible, right? I, I don't think that's impossible. Yeah, yeah. My view about trust... And well, it, it's, it is possible when you don't do much wrong. It makes it much easier. Right. Okay. I'd say that. Because when, when there's significant wrong, then you have to, it's, you have to push harder to be honest, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I was going to say that in terms of trust, like, I don't know if you need to trust. I, I, I have an interesting view about trust, right? I, I, I believe trust is a, con, trust is a continuous experience. So I just think you never trust or not trust somebody. I just think you experience trust. I don't think you, like, I would never say I trust this person. I would just say I'm experiencing trust. Like trust is something that exists or doesn't exist. But I I, I don't know. I It's a very different view that I have of trust because I, I believe because... It goes back to what I was talking about with this randomized experience of humanity, right? If if you can always trust a human being, then they're kind of not a human being anymore because you've taken all, all the randomized neurological triggering stuff out of them, right? You've, you've made them into like a robot. But I think if you could always have the potential to exist in a state of trust with somebody... That's a human being. But in each one of those states, you know that you could also not be in a state of trust, right? It's, it's almost like you are, you are continuously winning a flip of a coin, but the probability is still that you could get the other side of the coin. But it just so happens for every time you're with a person, you just continuously get the side of the coin that is trust, right? Right. So it's just a different way of looking at it. But so the coin is flipping in the side of trust, but there's there's a there is the other side of the coin too. So yeah. I, I yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. So Well that's a very positive way to think about it. Cause then when you get the other side of the coin, if it ever happens, mm-hmm. you're less disappointed because you were always aware that it could happen. Right. Whereas if, like me, when you trust someone, you blindly and fully trust them, when they're being dishonest or fooling you, it's 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 a big fall. Like it's it's you just didn't expect that ever. Right. That person. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my personal approach to it. So. Right. So. Yeah, what what else can we talk about in terms of de- 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 defining love? Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't, when, How much do uh, we have left? Yeah, we've we, we got some time left, like a good, a good six minutes. Um, five minutes, something like that. You know, 
Oh, oh, what I was going to talk about was, is it possible to forget how to be in love? I wouldn't know. Okay, I, I, I'll comment on this one, saying that okay. I think if... I think sometimes, because I've it's been so long since I felt like that I was in love with somebody, that um, I, 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 yeah, I, I think it's interesting because let's say you can t- when when I was when, like when I was a kid, so to speak, like. Um, when I had these, like, a couple continuous experiences of, of being in love with somebody, right? I could, I kind of knew what it was. Um, like, I, I kind of knew how to replay being in love, right? Right. But then when, you, when I went for such a long period of time without being in love, then I don't know how I would... Re, like I, I'm, I have to recreate my experience of being in love because it's, it's. I don't know. Is it going to be the same thing that it was before, or is it going to be something totally different, right? But you did say that with every, you can be in love with different person in very different ways. Yeah, and 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 and, and that's the thing, but. You you actually said you're never in love with a different person in the same way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, like, it's it's just going to be different anyways, whether you... Oh, yeah. I forgot about it or not. Wow, that's interesting. So, in a sense... That's interesting that I'm actually listening to you. (laughs) Wow. That was good. That was good. Um, yeah. So I, I guess it'll just be something different that I've never experienced before then. Yeah, wow. Okay. Well, you answered my question for me. That was great. Wow. Jeez, you thanks. You your own question. Okay. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Um, so... I guess something I I, I would ask is what's something you would give up for the rest of your life to have one complete and pure experience of love? What I would give up? Yeah. Like I have much to give up. I I don't know. I mean... I don't have much and you're taking something away from me. (laughs) That's not nice. Um, What would I give up? Well, one of my lighters. Okay. (laughs) One of your lighters? Yeah. Do do you think that would be enough of an offering to, 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 to like the love... Ethos? To what? Satan? Because you make deals with Satan. <laughs> okay. Cupid, Cupid, he doesn't he doesn't make deals. He just chooses two people and and shoots them with an arrow. Okay. But Satan is the one making deals. Oh, and wow. if I had to if yeah, if I had to meet him or a demon or whatever, uh-huh. I wouldn't go for love, I would go for a dragon. That's what I want. A dragon? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, actually, a uni-dragon, so it's half dragon, half unicorn. Mm-hmm. And I will call it Maurice. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Waiting for him. <laughs> that feels like a Game of Thrones reference, but I, I would have no idea. I would have no idea. There are no unicorns in Game of Thrones. Oh. And I had the idea before Game of Thrones. Okay. It's just a thing, because... Unicorns are awesome and dragons are too. I want both in one and I will call it Maurice. Wow. All right. Yeah. Game of what Graces. Would um, <laughs> uh, what would I give up? Oh, man. I've got 30 seconds. Um, I would give up like what I would consider my favorite food. Like I would give up my like I, I, I would give up lasagna. I would give up lasagna if I could just have 
complete experiences of love or a complete experience. All right, all folks. Types of lasagna or like just the classic lasagna? All types. All types. All right. We're done. That's it. Our time's up. This has been amazing. I'll catch you later. <laughs>